Hey everyone, welcome to Pieces of You, a show about life through the lens of four fierce and resilient women who lost their moms too damn soon. Each episode will feature stories to inspire hope, healing, and connection. Because if we work together, we can make the broken better. Hey, this is Erin, and I'm here with Shadia. This is episode two of our mini episodes, where each of us has an opportunity to share a piece of us with all of you. Shadia, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. I should say fine. You know, when people say fine, it's like, <laughs> I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> We're great. Perfect. Never better. All right. Well, let's dive into these questions then. So you are Shadia. I am. Who are your people? I am married to Nick. We've been married for 11, I think it'll be 12 years this year. And um, I have two kids, Layla and Madeira, and they're eight and six. I have a dog, Dakota. Is she behind me? Nope, she's not. I also have my dad, Stan, and I have an older brother, Nafe, a younger sister, Anissa. And then I have so many friends that are like family. I mean, friends are definitely one of the most important things to me. So friends, family, but I, I won't bore y'all with the, the list of names. <laughs> Sounds like one of those kind of creating your own family around you as well with the friends. Yes, yep. completely. Yep. It's our role. What is your work? What do you do? What's that like for you? I am an event producer. I have my own company called Shadia Events and Production. And I've been doing events like my whole career for I don't know, 16 years or so. I started my own company about six years ago and I mostly do meeting production. So corporations, big meetings like in the Target Center or in other big spaces for their employees or for external audiences. So yeah, that's what I do. That's my hustle. Awesome. Girl boss, entrepreneur. (laughs) We love to see it. (laughs) Now that we've heard about you, we're going to dive into your mom, your mother, the reason that we do this podcast, our moms. What's your mom's name? Her name is Hattie Hend Hagen. Funny story. Her maiden name was Hassen, H-A-S-E-N. When she got married, she literally had to change one initial, G, to Hagen. <laughs> Funny. Fun like fact. That. She was known as the H queen. The H queen. All that yeah. alliteration, H-H-H. Mm-hmm. I love that. Exactly. That's yep. a really, that's a fun name. That's a unique name. Yeah. And my daughter's middle name. My first daughter's middle name is Hattie. So I love that's that. That's kind of nice. I love that little remembrance in your life now. Yeah, for sure. Tell us more about your mom. What was she like? Give us the rundown. Give us her background. She was almost six feet tall. I'm going to give you a visual first. Mm-hmm. Six feet tall, thin, really dark complexion. Um, she was 100% Lebanese. So she had this beautiful dark complexion, black curly hair that was short and bouncy and wild. And she had a flair for fashion. She actually taught fashion merchandising out of college. And so like we grew up in a small town and she, the clothes that she wore there, now thinking back, they were wild and like so fashion forward, but she rocked it like the brightest colors, the craziest textures. And so (laughs) that was kind of her look and she always had her red lipstick on. She grew up in a small town in North Dakota, Rolla, and her parents were immigrants from Lebanon. And um, her dad was a peddler. So they came over to the United States. Actually, her parents were 25 years apart, which is fascinating to me, right? Yeah. Big gap. I know. 
uh, what is that called? Uh, cradle rubber, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) She grew up in North Dakota, but very much had roots from Lebanon. And she went to NDSU and she studied home ec and music, I think. You know, so typical for that generation. (laughs) And then she was an Alpha Gam, Alpha Gamma Delta, which I was an Alpha Gamma Delta. My sister's an Alpha Gam. Like I have all these connections. So I I lived in the same room that she did actually at one point in the sorority house. Was that something that was like a total surprise? Like all of a sudden you were like, oh my God, this is the same room. Or was it, was, was it like planned? I think it was like, I knew that was her room because you signed your name in the closet when you Mm left it or whatever. Cute. Mm-hmm. But you don't usually get to choose rooms. So that kind of just naturally happened, which is pretty cool. And I love kind of creepy. The little universe stepping in there. Yeah, exactly. She met my dad teaching in a small town, Pipestone, where I grew up. And um, she was just like a really classy person, very put together, very poised. She also had a really loud voice. She yelled a lot. I don't know if it's like <laughs> the Lebanese in her or what. She was a strong woman, like, especially for that generation. She was just a strong woman, strong personality. But everyone seemed to really have a lot of respect for her. And she sold, like, Amway. Remember Amway back in the day? Yeah. It seems like she's the kind of person who commanded a room when she walked into it. Like, everybody was like, oh, there she is. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. That's a lot of pressure to live up to because I'm not, like... Well, I'm not as poised and uh, classy, and I'd Mm -hmm. like to be, but I'm not sure. It's just not quite in me. (laughs) That's all right. Different generation. Right. Exactly. Let's get into your story of loss. So we've heard the background on your mom. Let's get into kind of the loss and what that was like for you. My mom was 42, and she got diagnosed with lymphoma cancer, Mm -hmm. and um, I was 10 at the time. My sister was five and my brother was 13. And my dad traveled on the road. He was a furniture salesman. So he was gone normally during the week or whatever. Her diagnosis actually, it took a while to get her diagnosed. I'm not sure exactly all that happened, but it took longer than it should have, which who knows if that could have you know, affected the end results. But at first they thought it was lung cancer. And then they, anyways, all these things. So mm-hmm. she had cancer for three years. And during that time, she did radiation. She did chemotherapy. She got a bone marrow transplant at the U of M. So we would come since she was there for, I don't know, maybe at least like six months or something. So there was a time that we didn't see her for a really long time from what I recall. I think at one point she was in remission as well. I remember it was like the fall of maybe 95 or something. I was 12 at the time. And I remember her getting really sick and falling at the mall. And I was like, something's not right. It was after an appointment. And I think it was then she realized that the cancer was back and whatever. So then she had to tell us that it had come back. At that point, I think she knew that she only had a year to live, but we didn't know that. She knew like that Christmas time or whatever, which she was super sick. She only had a year to live and like my last birthday and all those things. But I knew she was sick. I just didn't know how bad it was. She ended up dying at the U of M, the Masonic Cancer Center, I think, on January 5th. She died and we were all by her, which was lovely. I have a lot of guilt about how that whole week went down just as far as leaving. Like I should have just spent the night there every night just to be with her, but sorry. It's all right. Take your time. Anyways, so yeah. So then she 
she died. <laughs> then. Mm-hmm. And then um, we drove back to Pipestone and I went to school the next day because why wouldn't you? You're 13. You? Mm-hmm. Just go right back to school. Everything's normal. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so bizarre. And went to a basketball game, all these things. So, mm-hmm. but you know, you're just trying to create normalcy and mm-hmm. and survive. Especially as a kid, especially yeah. as a kid when that happens. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then from there, my dad still had to <laughs> have a job and work. So he still traveled on the road and we had nannies. We had, a, we had like six nannies, which sounds like we were really bad kids, but well, we might've been, but we typically use teachers because it worked well with the schedules or whatever. So we had a lot of people rotating throughout our house and I would definitely clung to a lot of them, you know, for that motherly side or, you know, like older sister situation. I mean, a lot of the time my dad was gone and we were raising ourselves and doing all the things, which made me definitely grow up faster. And also not being like told what I like, what to do. I don't like that. So how has that loss impacted you? And I mean, now or, you know, right when it happened or through time, has it changed? Um, Kind of taking all of that into account. How has that impacted you? I mean, I think it impacts every moment of my life. I'm sure some people have heard this before, but I didn't really talk about my mom for 20 some years. It wasn't a thing that we talked about her and my family. It was just like too hard and I didn't want to and nobody else did. And so we didn't talk about her, which is very sad. But I think again, it's like survival. So it's not a blame game. And really, so, I mean, I've just always been very independent because of that loss. And I've also been like, I don't, I don't need people, uh, but I do. And then I also just don't like rejection because I just always want to feel accepted and normal. And mm-hmm. I don't want people to be mad at me, which is mm-hmm. so messed up because I just feel like I can't handle another loss in my life. Mm-hmm. Then I started going to She Climbs Mountains, which is a nonprofit that we're all a part of or whatever, mm-hmm. and to my first retreat. And I think that's when things started really coming out, like my grief and really started dealing with it. But what really triggered it all was having children, not only just like being pregnant, not being able to tell your mom, but then also raising two kids that are really close in age that are both colicky. And I mean, you could have none of that and it would still be hard to have children, you know. But for me, it was extremely challenging. Like I had an amazing support group around me, but they weren't my mom. I assume it would be different, but that's also like an assumption, right? You'd never know what your relationship would be like with your mom. But I create these stories in my head. So now I just, I mean, like it impacts me with my kids. Like I just try to live every day to the fullest. I really do. And just take in life. And then I'm honestly constantly thinking about dying. If I can be honest, like I am always imagining and planning. (laughs) I already have a wife picked out for my husband because I'm like, I I want these kids to have like a mother figure (laughs) in their life. I'm not going to say who that is on here, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it definitely affects me every day, but I think the biggest thing is I don't want to leave this earth without regrets. And I want my kids to fully experience me as like a human and as a person and somewhat as a friend. Cause like I said, I'm always like, it's my day. (laughs) It's just protecting myself though, you know? Yeah. A couple of things that you had mentioned, kind of like how that impacted you. I've, you know, like that independence, that's something that I associate with effects of trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. like trying to control and independence and fear of rejection and everything. So I think that those are very relatable feelings that people have after losing a loved one like that. So thank you for sharing all of that. 
I know that's that that's that's not easy to share. So thank you for opening up like that. Yeah. This is like my own therapy session right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you feel like you're bringing to this podcast that we got going on because of your loss? Well, first of all, I just love to chat. So, I mean, I'm bringing that. I, as somebody goes, you were love made that. for podcasts, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, <laughs> is that the best compliment you can get? I'm not sure. Like you're made for radio. Like nobody else. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you got a face you for got radio. A face for radio, baby. <laughs> I love connection. I think I've just realized over time it's what drives me, it's what gives me creativity, it's what keeps me moving or whatever. So I feel like connection is the biggest thing, whether that's connecting with one of our lovely hosts or connecting with um, a guest that we have on. And just, yeah, I just feel like connection is is the best thing to be able to know that we're all relatable and we're all going through similar things or have at one time. I hope to bring that. <laughs> I will bring that. How about that? I think that you bring it. Our listeners will also see that in time. Yes, for sure. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share? Anything else that popped into your head that's something that you want to share about you or your mom or your story that we missed? Um, I'm sure I'll, you know, I'll get off of here and then I'll be like, oh, man, I can't believe I said that or I should have said that. But like, no, I'm just going to go with what I said yep. and let it be. There'll be plenty other podcasts to fill in. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about a lot of different topics. Yes. So I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Shadia. It's really nice to hear. Amazing host and making me feel so welcome. You're welcome. They tell me I have a face for radio. So (laughs) damn right you do. Thank you for sharing your story, Shadia. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Make sure to tune into our other mini episodes so you can get to know us better before we dive into our other hot topics. We look forward to seeing you then. Take care. And remember, if we work together, we can make the broken better. When you feel like you need glue to put back pieces of you, then we will work together to make the broken better. When the wounds are fresh and new and you don't think that they'll heal soon, you gotta stay open. If you share your story, it will get better though it doesn't feel like ever and you'll get stronger it's a journey we'll get through together so let us lift you up let us keep you grounded do you feel our love we'll make sure that you feel surrounded though the tears stream down wipe them off and for you.